Hi, it's Watercolor with Wendy, and today I would like to talk about copying artists. Now, there's, there was a phrase uh, Andy Warhol quoted, but I'm sure others have uh, said too before, and that is, good artists borrow ideas from others, but great artists steal. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, but it's true because even though we talk about art being original, and you do want to go in that direction of creating original art, that we also can learn so much from other artists, just like we learn by looking at the world and seeing it in our own unique way. We can also look at other artists and learn uh, from them what we want, may want to influence our own art with. So in that vein, we, in my classes, we we do spend one week on copying a great artist, and I usually do John Singer Sargent, one of the greater watercolor artists. So why do we do this? Well, it's not like an, an older form of art education that used to happen, and still does happen, in the academy. And that's, that means a, a certain kind of traditional way of teaching art where they go into the museum, I'm sure you've seen them with their easels, and, and they copy a work of art. And I'm not sure what those teachers are trying to teach their particular students, but the idea would be to help you look more carefully at a great work of art, and so you would understand it better in many different ways. And it's good drawing practice and, and visual looking process as well. And then there are some cultures, some Asian cultures, that believe that the way to become a great artist is to copy the masters as a primary tool. And so they judge their work by how well they have copied another artist, a great, considered a great artist. That's not quite what I have in mind when I have my students copy watercolor of a very good artist. It is two reasons we do it. And number one is to learn to identify the particular techniques the artists use. And with watercolor, it's a combination of dry paper, wet paper, dry paint, wet paint, and the condition of the brush, how wet or um, dry the brush is. In addition, what combination of techniques are used, how you put them all together, and how you use your brush in different ways, such as are you using your brush to add water or paint, or are you using a clean brush to blend, or perhaps you are using your brush to remove. So, so those are some of the techniques that we learn in watercolor. And it's very helpful for my students to look at a complex work of watercolor by a great artist and try to identify which technique is used and then try to copy that technique. It's good practice. And Sargent, in particular, is great at combining the many different techniques. And so it's a little bit hard to decipher, but it's kind of fun, like a puzzle. You try to figure out what, how it's done. And often there are, there's more than one way to get the same effect, such as using dry brush. It looks very similar to using wax and other things. So it doesn't really matter if you get the right answer, because we'll never know. He, he's died, and he didn't write down what techniques he was using. So that's sort of the fun part and very educational if you can figure it out. It helps you pay more attention to the wet and the dry paper and what is on your brush. And the other reason I like to do it is it helps solidify this idea 
that looking at the world is a way of, and for painting purposes, of translating what you see into another language, the artist's language. So instead of looking at a leaf and saying, oh, how do you paint a leaf? What the artist does is translate it into things that an artist can do with their brush, usually. You can use other tools as well. Uh, and so you will translate that leaf into a set of shapes, edges, such as hard and soft edges in watercolor, which is very important in watercolor. Uh, so shapes, edges, like does it have a soft edge where it blends into the next shape, or does it have a very sharp edge? And then also color. What color is it? What color combination is it? Um, how do you make that color? And usually with, the way we do it is a luminous color, meaning it's a combination of colors in one section, not one solid color. And that's what most artists realize, that there is nothing that is one color. It's always a undulating um, set of colors that creates this luminosity, light, which is full of color. So they're learning two things, very important things. And we don't do it a lot. We do it at just once usually in my set of 10 classes uh, because I don't want them to end up being just a copy artist. But if you do it this one time, then it'll increase your ability to see. And that's number one skill of the artist is to learn to see. And they learn to see particular techniques and then try to copy them. And then the other one is to realize that what the artist has already done and what you would like to do in the future is to translate. So it's for translation of identifiable objects and sometimes they're not identifiable and that's okay because we don't care what whether it's a, a dog in the distance or a, or a, um, a mountain or whatever. It, it only matters to the artist what is it actually look like. So shapes, edges, values as well darks to lights. And so it helps solidify the idea and, and dissuade them from always trying to figure out a method for painting water or a method for painting trees and so on. So that is why I like to copy artists. Um, I've done a lot of copies of John Singer Sargent's and learned a great deal. And I like my students to try it at least once. So that's the subject for today, copying great artists.